Well, it really is awesome that you are here today. And don't worry, in just a second, the, the lights are going to come on. And so you'll, you'll be able to see a little bit. But over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be just kind of sharing some things about who Impact Church is. About what we're all about. Before we jump into our fall season, we wanted to take these couple of weeks and just kind of remind all of us about what we're here to see God do in and through us. You see, so many people, when they talk about church, so many people come to any church with the idea of, what's in it for me? I got to find a church that meets my needs. I got to find a church that appeals to me. It's all about me. At Impact Church, we don't want to be a church full of people saying it's all about me. We want to be a church that helps people realize their God-given gifts and their God-given mission to go out and become an army for Jesus Christ in their city, in their workplace, in their family, in their school, wherever they may find themselves. We want to be people who are willing to say, you know what? Whatever it takes, whatever it takes to see a city right now that is lost and dying spiritually, we want to make an impact on that. We want to see that changed, and we want to play a part in that. That's who Impact Church is. Let, let me just wrap your mind around something. I have this, uh, this rope right here. And this rope, you can just, just imagine, if you will, this rope that it stretches forever. You know, it actually goes to the wall, but it, it, in your mind, just think about it, it goes on forever. And what this rope represents, this is the timeline of your existence. You know that all of us are going to exist somewhere forever. In one of two places, for millions and millions of years, to infinity and beyond, we're going to exist. And this little part, this little tape part on the end, this part represents our time here on earth. This, this little bitty moment in the span of all of eternity, this is our time here on earth. And what's so incredible is that so many people focus their whole life on little moments right here. It, it's just incredible to me when you think about that we are going to last forever, and yet so many people, all they are consumed with is, oh, if I can just work hard enough now, if I can just make it till my retirement, then I could start enjoying life, then I could start having fun, if I could just save enough and work hard enough and do enough, then when I finally get to this little point, then it will all be worth it. And they don't even realize that this, when you compare it to all of this, is nothing. The Bible actually says that, that our life is like a vapor. It's just gone. When you look at that in light of all of eternity, in light of forever. So many people are just living in this moment and they give no thought to the rest. One day they will. But we want to be a church full of people who not only say, I want to experience 
life to the fullest like the Bible talks about. But I want my life, this moment, the moment, the small time I'm here, I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave an impact that will last for all of eternity. We want to be a church of people that are saying, I'm using this moment not for me, not to get what all I can get, but I'm using this moment to make an impact so that other people will be able to spend eternity with me and with God in a place called heaven. See, we want to be a church of people who are willing to do whatever it takes to make an impact on a lost culture, on a people that, that are spiritually right now dying, and some may even have no idea. That's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at some, some friends in the Bible who had that kind of attitude, who said, we have a friend who has a need, and we're going to do whatever it takes to bring him to the only person who can meet that need. So th these verses will be on the screen, or you can pull it up on your phone. We're going to be in Mark chapter 2. And here's what it says. And I know it's kind of small on the screen. We're, we're still trying to figure out how to make it not so small. Um, and so uh, it's coming. But here's what it says. It says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. And they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. So I want you to picture this. You know, basically these people were having a church service, and the room was so packed and so crowded, you know, they broke every fire code, everything, and they literally could not cram one more person in there. You know, it said they were even gathered outside the door just because they wanted to hear this God Jesus speak and teach. And here these guys, these four guys, they had a friend who was paralyzed, and they knew that his only hope is they could get him to this Jesus because they had heard about the miracles that Jesus has done. They had heard about how Jesus had healed people. And they said, we've, we've got to get our friend to that guy. That guy can help. And then they arrived. And they found it full. What are we going to do? You know, one of the, the greatest lies in the world today is this. Is the phrase, I'll do it later. I'll get to it later. You know, what if those guys had let their circumstances determine their actions? You know, what if they would have looked at that and said, you know, sorry, man, it's, we tried, it's full. Maybe we'll try again later. Maybe we'll come back later. Or maybe next time Jesus and his crew comes through town, we'll, we'll get here a little early and we'll help you out. You know, so many people live life with excuses. They live their entire life with every excuse just ready. You know, people live life by saying, I could do this except for, or I could be that if it wasn't for this, or if I had what they had, then I can do what they're doing, or if only my circumstances were the same as their circumstances, or if only this would change, then I could, 
And so many people live their life with excuse after excuse after excuse. And all those excuses are, are the things that rob us of experiencing real life. See, fortunately for this guy that we're reading about, his friends didn't live life by excuses. They didn't look at the situation and say, sorry, fellow, um, we tried, but there's just no room. You know, it's time that, that we as followers of Jesus realize the truth that we have the God of the universe on our side. That we have the full power of God at our disposal when we're living life to serve Him. We don't have to fear. We don't have to fear our circumstances. Because God, anytime He chooses, could turn our circumstances around instantaneously. We just have to be willing to go even when circumstances look bleak. Even when things don't fit our expectations. Even when we're tempted to say, well, I could if, or if this changed, then I. Those moments when we're tempted to respond that way, when we're tempted to look at our circumstances and say, if only this were different, then I could accomplish this. Those are the moments when we say, God, look, even through these difficult or even through these terrible circumstances, I'm still going to push forward. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop trying. Because, God, I believe that, that this is something you want me to do, and I trust you. See, here at Impact Church, we want to raise up an army of people who are willing to say, you know what, even when things look difficult, even when things look impossible, we're going to trust God, and we're going to keep pressing forward. You know, just like these friends, they said, you know what, we can't get through the door. We're going to find another way. Can you imagine? I mean, they literally said, okay, let's, let's yank the roof off this thing. And we're going to get our friend to the only one that can help him. We're going to do whatever it takes. You know, I met a man a couple of years ago who, who told me a story about his neighbor. He and his neighbor had been friends for a long time. And um, the man I was talking to, he, he was a, a Christian. He was a follower of Jesus. And his neighbor was not. And one day he just, he committed to pray for his neighbor until something changed. Until either, you know, one of them passed away or, or God changed something. He was not going to stop praying for his neighbor and not going to stop inviting him to church. And so that's what he did. And he began to pray. Every day he would pray for his neighbor. And many, many times he would invite him, hey, we're doing this at church, you want to come? Or we're... I'm getting together with some guys from church. Why don't you come? And every time, his friend said, no, I can't do it. I can't make it. Sometimes he was just, you know, circumstances. Other times he said he was pretty, he could be hostile about it. He said, stop bugging me. Stop bothering me with this stuff. I'm not interested in this whole God thing or this whole church thing. And he said, but I just kept praying. And I kept praying. And he said, every day for 10 years, I prayed for my neighbor. I prayed for my friend. And he said, one day, he said, I was out cutting my grass. And my neighbor came running up to him. He said, I got to talk to you right now. He said, I know you pray for me. And I know that I've always rejected every time you've invited me to one of your church things. He said, but today I'm ready. 
He said, today, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go with you to church. I'm willing to talk to you about this whole God thing. What, what do I need to do? And so, you know, he stopped cutting his grass, and they went and sat down, and, and they began to talk about different things. And, and it was there at his house where he was able to lead his friend to Christ. And his life was radically transformed. His eternity, the rest of his rope, was forever changed because of one man who said, you know what, no matter how many times you tell me no, I'm not going to stop praying for you, and I'm not going to ever close that door. I'm not going to ever say, well, that's one, that's one refusal too many. I've asked you enough, and you keep saying no. That's my limit. He said, I'm never, I'm never going to reach that point, and he didn't. And because of his willingness, God changed that man. And it made an eternal difference. You know, that's the kind of people we want to be. The people just like our friends with the paralyzed man who said, you know what, circumstances are not ideal, but we're not going to quit just because it doesn't seem like this is going to work out right now. We're going to find a way. And, and look what happens if we keep reading in Mark chapter 2, verse 5. Look what it says. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. So he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. It's such an incredible picture. You know, these men got their friend in front of Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and said, your sins are forgiven. And so all these, you know, religious people got all bent out of shape, and they said, who do you think you are? Only God can forgive sins. And so that's when Jesus said, you're right. Only God can forgive sins. And only God could tell this man to get up and walk, too. And so just to let you know where I'm coming from, he said, well, go ahead and get up and walk. And he did. And that's when they knew who they were really dealing with, that this was no ordinary man, that Jesus was very, very different. He was God, and only God has the power to change people's lives. See, last week we talked about how so many people get caught up in the self-help movement. If only I could envision this. If only I could dream it up myself. I've got the power within me. And we don't. It's only by the hand of God can we accomplish what God wants us to do. And until we realize that, until we realize that our lives are, we're here, this little moment, this little spot, is our one opportunity to make a lasting impact. We'll never get it again. We will never exist again here on earth in this form. This is it. And we when we come to realize that this is the opportunity that God gives us to make a difference 
in the lives of those people that we know, that we love, that we come in contact with. That's what we're here for. See, so many people, everybody in this room falls in, in one of two categories. There are some in this room who right now you're living your life and you're like those guys. You say, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get my friend to the only one that can help him, and that's Jesus. And there's some in this room who are living life with that mentality. You say, you know what, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to share that message to whoever is part of my life, whoever is in my circle, whatever access I have to people. I'm going to do whatever I can to engage them with the truth of God's message. Now, there are other people in this room where you are on life. You're like the paralyzed man. There's never been a moment in time where you've begun a relationship with Jesus. You've never had that encounter with God where he could make you new, where he could change your life forever. And that could be you today. Only you know for sure where you are on that line. Which one of these kind of people describes you? You know, we, we have a, a huge vision that we're asking God to accomplish in this city. Yeah, right now, we're just a small group of people. But we serve a great big God who can take just a small group and do incredible things through them. And that's why we're here. Because of that great, big God. Not because we're anything special. We know we're not. Not because we know we're the best thing going on Sunday morning. We know we're not. We know that there are a whole lot of places that people could be besides showing up here every Sunday morning. We're here because... We love God, and we want to see our life make an impact, and we love our city, and we want to see our city transformed the way that only God could do it. That's why we get here every week. We get here at 730, and we put all this stuff out here, and then we put it all back, and then we do it again every week, and we'll keep doing it every week because people need to hear the message. That there's more to life. Life, is, we were meant for so much more. We were meant to let God use us to make an impact on people. Life is not meant to be all about me. So as long as there are people that need to hear that truth, we're going to be here telling it. You know, one of the things that we want to see people do out of Impact Church and this is not something that we thought up or anything like that. It's, it's not original to us. But we just call it our invest and invite strategy. And it just simply means this. Every one of us in this room has relationships with people or has the ability to get to know people. And as you get to know people, you invite them to church. Just like that friend did with his neighbor. They may say no. They may not. But our question is, why wouldn't we? You know, just, just listen at this. So many times, when you, when you go find that new favorite restaurant, what is it you do? Well, most of us, hey, you've got to go try this place. It's incredible. 
We discovered it. Hey, let's go next weekend. You want to share it with people. Or when you go see that, that new movie that just blew your mind, you're like, man, you've got to go see this new movie. I saw it the other day. It was incredible. Best movie ever. We, we talk about that. Or maybe some of you are here because somebody from Impact Church invited you. And they said, hey, I've discovered this church. It's a little different. It meets at the Y and not in a church building. But, man, it, it's, it's awesome. Why don't you come? See, what, what we get excited about, we have no problem sharing about. But we want to we make it to where people, just in the natural flow of their life, God, their relationship with God, their church, that's what they talk about. That's what they share with people because that's what they're passionate about. And, and you know, we want to make it as easy and as pressure-free as possible. We don't expect you to have all the answers when people ask questions. We don't have all the answers. And we don't claim to. But we want there to be just a natural way for you to connect with people. Just imagine, you know, you, if you have kids and, you know, your kids play ball with Fred's kids. And just as y'all have been going to practice and games and you got to know Fred... You just have conversations, and throughout the season, you just begin to talk and get to know Fred, and then you just casually mention, hey, yeah, on Sundays, my family and I attend this thing called Impact Church. Hey, Fred, would you and your family have to come next Sunday? We'll go. We'll go have lunch afterward and see what happens. Those little moments could be the, the catalyst Sometimes we like to do things for effect. Um, but those little moments could be the thing that God could use to change someone's life forever. And all it started with was just a simple conversation. Just a few, just a few words. Just a quick, hey, what are you doing Sunday? You know, not, we don't ask people to go knock on people's doors and, and preach at them or do anything like that. Because we believe this is best done in the context of relationships. We don't want people making a pressure decision without understanding everything that we're talking about. So we're perfectly comfortable with people coming and showing up week after week and getting to know us and getting to hear more about God and as God is just working on them and working in them. And then when they're ready to respond to what God's doing, we're here. So we're not trying to fill a quota or fill a certain number of seats. We just want to see lives changed, real change, lasting change, not a one-time show up, make a decision, and disappear, never to be seen again. That's not what we're all about. We want to make an impact in the lives of people. And sometimes it's hard, it's frustrating, it's slow going, but that's why we're here. And we're not going anywhere. So some of you are here today. And you say, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of investing my life in making an impact on people. Others of you might be here and you say, you know what? If I were to be honest today, I am like that paralyzed guy. Right now, the only thing I need is Jesus. I need Jesus to change me 
before I can begin to live my life for other people, before I can begin to make an impact for other people. Well, you've come to the right place. Because if you're here today and you say, I need Jesus to change me, well, now I'm going to tell you exactly how he can do that. Because, see, that's why Impact Church is here, so that people far from God will find new life in him and learn how to follow him with their life. That's what we want to see happen. That's what we want to see happen over and over is people meet God, connect with him, and they begin to grow as followers of his so that they, in turn, can impact other people. And if you're here today and you say, I need that, I need to meet Jesus, I need to make Jesus a part of my life. Well, the Bible says that all you have to do is trust him. All you have to do is say yes to his standing invitation. Because see, the Bible says we were born into sin. That all of us have sin, and because of that sin, we are separated from God. But the good news is that God sent Jesus to pay that price for my sin and for your sin that we could never pay for ourselves. The Bible says that God made Jesus, him who knew no sin, to become sin for us so that we might receive the righteousness of God in him. That's incredible news. So that means no matter your past, no matter what's in your past, God says when you become a follower of mine, you become a brand new creation. God wipes the slate clean and gives you a fresh start. It doesn't erase the mistakes. There may still be consequences you're dealing with, but in God's eyes, when you say, God, I'm ready to become a new person, I'm ready to look at my sin and give it to you, and what the Bible calls repent, and say, I'm, I'm turning away from that. I'm making my life yours now. I was walking in this direction. I'm ready to follow you and go in a whole new direction. See, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It says everyone that calls on the name of God will be saved. You don't have to go through a 12-step process or do a ritual or come to the front of a room or anything like that. You just have to ask God for it. But I, I love the picture. It says, if you confess with your mouth, and then it says, if you believe in your heart, God will save you. It doesn't say if you know. It said if you believe. Because here's the difference. Belief leads to action. If I believe that if I step out into the air, then I'm going to drop a foot and a half to the floor. That's what's going to happen. Because that's the reality. If I believe that this stool will hold me up when I sit on it, then my actions say that I really believe that. But the difference between belief and knowing is that there's, how many of us in here, don't raise your hands, know things we're supposed to do that we don't do? See, God doesn't just say, I want you to know. Because see, the Bible says even the devil, even 
the demons know about God and they're scared. It's not a matter of knowing because we all know things we don't do that we should. But it's a matter of belief because belief leads to action. And so when you confess with your mouth who, that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that's when that belief, that trust, that faith is what says to God, I'm ready for you to transform me from the inside out. I'm ready for you to make me new. Give me new life. So that when you look at that rope, that little moment of tape, when a person's life gets transformed by Jesus, their eternity, their forever, goes from spending that separated from God in a place called hell that's very real. And they get to spend that in a place called heaven with God. A place more wonderful than we could ever imagine. That's the good news. That's why we exist, to share that with as many people as possible. And it doesn't just happen by some guy talking here on Sunday morning. It happens every day out there with everybody you come in contact with. But it starts with you first having that relationship yourself. So if you're here today and you say, I'm ready to do that, there's never been a time in my life where I've said, God, I'm, I need you, where I've said yes to God. So if you've never done that, and today you know that you need to,